Brilliant. One of the things that was surprising to us this year was how low the Mercy Fund was in the sense that we thought after last year there would be a huge number of food parcels requested. And while the number was high, we thought it was going to be much higher than it was. And then as we were preparing this video, just this last week alone, in one day we got five food parcel requests. And by the end of the week, I think we had seven food parcel requests. And we recognized that this coming year could be when we really start to see a lot of pain and discomfort for people. And it's not all just people who are struggling financially, it's all people who are struggling to meet mortgages and, and the financial pressures of their life. So thank you, church, for all that you do. Thank you for the, all that you've sacrificed, all that you've given. And as I've said today, Mark's the beginning of our new season of our Thanksgiving faith offering. So it's that time again where we together, all of us are going to look forward with financial faith to the future, where we position ourselves as a gathered church to respond in obedience, and that's a key word, obedience to God's leading and to our future. Where we wrestle, I said this in the video, we wrestle against the desire to settle where we are now. And to be truthful, as a follower of Jesus, there are times in your life where living on mission and the edge of faith is actually quite tiring. Where it's actually, we're gonna, we're gonna go again, we're gonna, we're gonna believe again, we're gonna stretch out in faith Again, and it can be easy to find that some fatigue for mission can set into your heart. But we have decided as a church that we will never just settle here. We'll wrestle down the idea of getting complacent or stagnant to continue to step out in faith and to trust God that we would be that church that would continue to believe for the more that God has for us. This giving season is another call to our people, to pay a further cost, to usher in God's future for us as a church, both here locally, but also globally. But for that to happen, it requires a deep conviction on the inside that our giving truly is part of our worship. But for me, truthfully, it's not a season all about money. Although we will be talking a lot about money, it's much deeper than that. It's more about obedience. It's more about this opportunity again to make a statement with our finance that Christ truly is central to our lives. It's a time for God's people to have faith for the future, to prioritize again the things that are eternal and have eternal value, to invest in the kingdom of God through the local church. And church, in all three locations, this is for everyone. If you're a person who calls life church your home, then I'm encouraging you this today to take home your flyer that you found on your seat. Don't just throw it under your seat. Take it home and truly ask God and pray and say, God, speak to my heart again this year. If you're online, then all of the info is on our website. The flyer is just a reminder, a simple reminder for you over the next few weeks to seek God for your faith response to our next season. We've taken a significantly big step for our Selwyn campus, which is pretty exciting this year to buy land I know you looked at that piece of land and thought, how is there a pathway at all to build on that? That's a landscaper that's made a mess, but it's exciting for our Selwyn campus and for the rest of us as a church family that we've taken this huge step of faith. And we know that in our hearts, if every person who calls Life Church home could have faith to contribute this year, we could go a long way to paying off that land purchase. So I'm asking every person to pray it's my firm belief, and it's the firm belief of everybody on our leadership team, that every person can have the faith 
to give something over the next 12 months. I know we are in challenging times, but this is not the time to do nothing. This is the very time to have faith for the future. And in a few weeks, I will talk more about that. Last week, Paul Bennett, our founding pastor, spoke part four of our Jesus Said series from Matthew chapter six, which was an important message for us to hear. It was actually some of Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount, which you find in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In these few chapters, there is so much that Jesus teaches us in relation to the kingdom of God and how to live according to the patterns of this kingdom. Last week, Paul looked briefly at how Jesus gave us a pattern for prayer. Not so much how we should, what we should pray, but more how we should pray. It's a great pattern for a healthy prayer life. Then Paul taught us from Jesus' words a little later in chapter 6 about do not worry about your daily needs. Trust in God, He will provide. How Matthew 6, 25 to 33 addresses the common needs of every person around the world. We're called to trust God as the one who does provide for our needs and to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. By the way, that's a poor recap on an excellent message. So if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it and catch up on it. But right between the pattern of prayer and Jesus' teaching on trusting God for our needs and having our priorities aligned is our text for today. And these are the words that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These words of Jesus, for those who were hearing him at the time, were a little confronting and in many ways for us can still be confronting even today. Don't you love that about the words of Jesus? They're challenging even for us here in 2023 because Jesus is calling us, all of us, to live beyond just the here and now, to think beyond just the temporary pleasures of this earth and to think from an eternal investment. In fact, there's a strong New Testament theme for believers to not hoard their wealth in what is known by the Bible as the last days. It's a challenge to our human state of thinking beyond our, I'm not yours, mine, I'll make it personal, our tendency toward my tendency towards greed, to put others' needs ahead of our own desire to hoard our wealth. It's a challenge to live with bigness of heart, generous to the very end. See, generosity is not seasonal. It doesn't come and go. It is a lifestyle of the followers of Jesus Christ. We are, we should be known. And I pray that what we gave feedback on this video this morning is a reality that we would be known to be people who are generous on all occasions. James picks up on the words of Jesus and makes a statement of the reality of having ignored Jesus' teaching. Listen to James 5, verse two and three. James states this, your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Thanks, James. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. See, this helps us with our context in the passage we find in Matthew chapter six. Wealth in those days consisted of both money 
and such commodities as grain, oil, and costly garments. In fact, costly garments were traded as payments for services rendered. It was garments and commodities that had rotted and that moths had destroyed. It was gold and silver that had been hoarded that had tarnished and corroded. And James is saying, you are hoarding things that waste away. You are hoarding things that in the end have no eternal value. But when you share them, when you sow them, when you give them, now they have eternal value. And James sees his, the hoarding of wealth as one of the greatest evils of his age. Because one of the patterns of the kingdom is generosity. It's the Acts 2 model. It's the Acts 2 pattern of sharing and giving to meet the needs of others. In my recent prayer retreat, this is the word God gave me as I was praying and preparing my heart for this giving season. God gave me one word and it was bigness. Tell my people to live big lives despite the outside pressures or financial doom and gloom to give generously and joyfully, to serve each other extravagantly, and to love others endlessly, to not let the circumstances of our times squeeze us and make us small, but to remain big in our hearts, generous with our resource. Don't retreat from your conviction, Life Church, of generosity. Trust God in this time, as Paul shared so brilliantly with us last weekend. And this is how Jesus starts. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and thieves break in and steal. Picture in Jesus' day, if you will, a farm. They had this as a regular understanding. It would be devoured by rats or mice or other pests. Crops were easily destroyed. Less corruptible treasures could be stolen because in Palestine, the houses were made of mud, the walls were made of mud, and you could dig through a wall so your belongings, your treasures could easily be stolen. This is the context into which Jesus speaks. Now, just a side note, but an important note. Jesus is not saying, don't have a storeroom of resource for another generation to inherit. Jesus is not canceling the entire council of Scripture which encourages that kind of stewardship. He is not saying don't save. He is not saying don't store. But he is saying don't lose sight of what truly matters. Because that wealth is here today and could be gone tomorrow. Other scriptures encourage us to enjoy good things. Who's happy about this? Enjoy good things. So Jesus is not trying to kill off people's enjoyment in life. He is concerned that if it becomes our sole pursuit of the heart, it can end in selfishness and kill off the desire and ability to be generous on all occasions. It also leads people to misplaced values that as an example to the next generation have generational implications upon the life of a local church. See, this is still a concern today with global church trends that show giving to the local church is on a huge decline. There are lots of messages for pastors at the moment of finding other income streams a lot of pastors teaching on diversify your income streams because you can't rely anymore on people's regular giving. Start businesses, etc. so you're diversifying. Nothing wrong with that as, an, as well as if you're called to that. However, very few pastors are called or gifted to start businesses. 
And I have a conviction deep in my heart that this is not the pattern of the kingdom. The resource of God's church and kingdom and all that we need to fulfill God's plans for us are to come from the hearts of God's people. That's the pattern of the kingdom of God. To be passed through your hands, to be ignited by people's personal faith, to be produced by their gifting. Some of you are gifted for businesses. I can tell you now that is not my gifting. We also subtly see a changing culture over decades. A new generation have not always been discipled to be generous, but to store up for themselves treasures here on the earth. Jesus is challenging us, all of us, to think beyond just our earthly wealth as he then transitions to a better pattern. He then says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. See, heavenly treasures are exempt from decay or theft. The word treasures in heaven go back to Jewish literature for explanation. Treasures in heaven is anything good that has eternal significance that comes out of what is done on the earth. Righteous deeds are storing up treasures in heaven. Suffering for Christ's sake is storing up treasure in heaven. Forgiving one another is storing up treasure in heaven. Deeds of kindness including a willingness to share, and on and on we could go, are all storing up treasures in heaven. Just a few chapters later, in chapter 10 of Matthew, Jesus gives us some clarity that helps us get a small picture of why our mercy account truly matters. Matthew 10, 42. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Young Pastor Timothy it's instructed by Paul the Apostle to instruct his people this way. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. Command. Notice it's not suggest. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Are you seeing the link to Matthew chapter 6? Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. See, the challenge in our human nature is to continue to be generous on all occasions. But when we understand the eternal significance of generosity and kindness, we are now positioned to live against our propensity for human selfishness. Paul the Apostle also gave us this challenge via the letter to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He says this, but since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. There's a New Testament explanation for giving. Excel in the grace of giving. Why? Why does excel in the grace of giving matter? Because giving to Christ through the church that is beyond yourself, that is focused on others, is what fosters a life of generosity and understands the eternal over just living for the here and now. I've got some friends in this room today going without so we can make sure that we are meeting the needs of others 
and reach them with the hope of Christ as the mark of a generous life. Going without so we can pay for land and eventually build another lighthouse when we build our Lincoln building in the future is saying, I am choosing to store up treasures that will never waste away. And then Jesus finishes with how we ensure that we don't lose our way back in our passage in Matthew chapter six. We land it here today on verse 21. Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a decision of the will to orientate my life towards the things of the kingdom. This is why giving to the local church should be increasing. It should not be in decline. When giving decreases, attendance follows, and it weakens the mission and influence of the local church. And all of it can be traced back to people's giving, which affects their hearts, which leads them either toward God or it leads them away from God. How did I conclude that? I didn't, Jesus did. He is saying in this verse, where you put your treasure, where you put your wealth, where you put your service is where your heart will be also. My heart, your heart is drawn to the place of your investment. The things mostly treasured always occupy the heart. The heart being the center of one's personality, embracing one's emotions, one's mind and one's will and subsequently setting one's true value system for them. And truly Jesus speaks into this and disrupts our human value system. And from time to time, we need him to do it. It's uncomfortable, but it's essential. Jesus is not saying your money or time follows your heart. That's not the pattern. He is saying your heart follows where you invest your money and your time. It's not my money or my time. Can you hear me this morning? It's my money and my time. It's the resource that God has given me that makes a difference in the world. Where you put your time, where you invest your time and where you invest your money is where your heart will follow. They are the words of Jesus. Give to your church and God's kingdom and your heart will follow. Giving through the church and to God's kingdom is storing up treasures that will remain. If all we do is spend money on ourselves, our hearts can very quickly become selfish. Very quickly, it becomes self at the center. I wanna pause there and just say this, that's not who we are. That, that feedback we just gave this morning tells you that we are a church that is incredibly generous. That year after year after year, when there is vision and there is mission to be done and there are lives to be changed, our church is a church that says yes. But so often, there are many who say yes and there are many who don't say yes. And so today is simply a challenge around the words of Jesus, not my words, that say, where you put your treasure there, your heart will be. And that's why seasons like M3 are important seasons because we've got to allow the words of Jesus to settle on our hearts and bring us to a place of challenge. What truly matters in this world? What truly matters in our hearts? Is it the here and now or have we truly got a perspective on eternity. Paul, our founding pastor last week said, it's amazing what God can do with our little, how he can stretch what he stretches and make money go further than you could ever have imagined. It's true with the giving at Life Church. I am amazed every year what God is able to do through the people who say yes to financial faith. God is incredible. That's why today it's not about saying to you, you've got to give as much as you humanly can. It's why we come back to saying, 
Hear from God. Pray. Ask God. We've talked in this church for decades. It's about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. So every person can open their heart to God. Every person can say, God, I want to hear from you. And the word I said at the, at the beginning that was important was this word obedience, that God, I would hear your voice and I would simply put my yes to what I hear you speak to me. That's why Jesus says where your treasure is, either here in the now or in light of eternity, is where your heart will be also. Can I have the worship team come back and join me at all three locations? We're not finished in this series. Next week we'll take a break because we guess what we got next weekend? Mother's Day, all the mothers knew it was Mother's Day next. We got Mother's Day, so we want to celebrate our mums. We're really looking forward to that. Then we'll come back to the series. And then on May the 28th, be that special Sunday when we collectively as a church come in faith and give out of obedience to the Lord. Church, we have a big journey ahead in the years to come at all three of our locations. We're in this together. This is not a season to hide from. It's a season to embrace. As I said, many of you have obediently given year after year. And many are still yet to get a revelation of the importance. Where your treasure goes, there your heart will go also. But my prayer is this, simply, that each and every one of us, including the next generation, could trust God enough, have faith for the ability to give something, You know, I've I've never been one to just go, well, if the church trends say it, then we should just settle in and accept it. One of the things God spoke to me about at the start of this M3, you know, it's it's actually difficult at times as a lead pastor to get up year after year and ask people to give their money towards the future. But I simply felt God say, you just share what I've put in your heart and leave the revelation to me. I'll speak to people's hearts. That's why the labor is simply this, pray, please pray. Ask God, what is your part? Over and above what you already do. So many of you are so incredibly generous week after week after week. But this is over and above what you ordinarily do. You, you just ask God, and then when God speaks to you, you just simply say yes to Him. Yes to eternal treasure. It's a call to obedience, and it's simply a call to maturity. And I trust God to speak to those who are listening. I simply ask you again this week, take home. This flyer is a reminder to pray and seek God for what he would have you do this year. If you're able in all locations, would you stand with me? I mean, the honor of praying for you today. Then we're gonna sing the song, Goodness of God. And I felt it was appropriate because I think every single one of us, regardless of our financial situation currently in our lives, is able to sing with absolute faith how good our God is and sing about the goodness of our God and the faithfulness of our God. It has nothing to do with money and everything to do with who God is and what He's done through His Son, Jesus Christ. Every person across planet Earth, whether we have a lot or we have nothing, is able to declare how good and how faithful our God is. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You for the years of faithfulness that we have seen from Your people. And we simply ask again, God, that as we each open our hearts to You, we would receive a fresh revelation of Your goodness to us. And I pray that You would speak to every person on their faith response and give them each the wisdom of great stewardship. And I pray You put a fresh yes in our hearts to the future 
of Life Church. And Lord, we together as a church family commit Life Church and its future into your hands. And we simply say yes and amen to your plans and your purposes and your vision for our future. We thank you for all the provision we have seen over all the years. And we again say together, we just trust in you to provide for all that we need. We pray again for another advance in mission, in mercy, and in momentum. And all of it would lead to lives being radically changed with a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.